Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to this EM360 podcast with our Ask the Expert series, a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Max Curtin, Editor-in-Chief here at EM360 and your host on today's podcast. Now, in today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Felix Steritz, who is the co-founder and CEO of Founders Lane and author of Fight Back and Fight Back Now. So Felix, welcome to the show and thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome, and uh, I'm looking forward to going into our subject matter in a little bit. But before we get to that, would you mind just giving our listeners a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, started more than 20 years ago to build my first business. And apart from being an entrepreneur, I also had my stint in uh, consulting with uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers, McKinsey, and Boutique Consultancy. Had then an experience with building a business and that then IPO'd uh, Mali Spoon in Sydney. I also had then my first experience building with large organizations uh, a new business uh, called Share the Meal, uh, where I was honored to be one of the advisors and co-initiators in the very beginning. And um, I also there experienced how we can leverage assets of such large organizations to build something very meaningful. And I'm uh, more than seven years now also in the World Economic Forum and now on the board of the Digital Leaders. Perfect. Good background and uh, a lot of experience. That's what we like to bring to the podcast. And Felix is joining us today to talk about corporate venture building and really how it's gaining traction as a driver of innovation and startup creation, which is uh, an extremely important topic. And I I wanted to start the episode here, Felix, by... If you could give our listeners an overview of really what corporate venture building is. It is a new innovation vehicle where corporates can actually leverage their assets they have to build new digital businesses that are strategically aligned and important for the future of the core organization. So it's really an innovation tool that is built on top of the assets. So an asset could be, for example, data or distribution channel, could be a brand, uh, uh, could be certain physical assets, could be virtual assets. But this is so important when we now think to where innovation really needs to happen. Innovation needs to happen on, uh, on, the, on the top uh, of the really important material we have in our society. So talking about manufacturing companies, uh, talking about companies in logistics, mobility, talking about medtech or pharma companies. They have so important assets, and those are assets normal startups or entrepreneurs cannot assess from the outside. Interesting. So it, it does cover quite a wide variety of areas and it is a very important tool kind of going forward. And, and I mentioned in my introduction now, obviously, we spoke about innovation and startup creation. So when we're talking about CVB, what does it bring to corporates and that, re- that idea of innovation? So if you now think uh, you are a corporate, um, you have certain tools you can actually implement to innovate uh, uh, for yourself or innovate yourself out of the crisis. And um, there's no tool uh, that actually brings you this entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, to the corporate. And 
This is something you need if you want to build early stage new digital business models and products. And startups are obviously the ones that are doing it for many decades now very successfully. And why not leveraging this kind of methodology? Uh, because they're all following a certain path. Uh, that's why you have VC structures with pre seed, seed, series A, series B, and so on. Why not leveraging this kind of methodology in an environment of an, of an corporate? This would be super powerful. And what it now brings is um, it brings you the speed. It brings you actually something that you can de-risk because obviously in a startup, you don't invest 10 or 20 or 30 million from the very beginning. You go through a certain period of time where you test and validate uh, in order to then inject more capital when you have more confidence. And at the same time, you have a certain culture and skill set that is really optimized for this period of time where you go through this uncertainty. Okay, that's interesting then. So why have we not seen this emerge sooner or why is this only just starting to gain traction now? I think there is a period of time where you first implemented in the corporate industry or it's not corporate industry, but in the corporates as such, um, mm -hmm. uh, corporate venture capital. Uh, so this is something where we started, okay, let's, you know, invest in startups and we get some learnings and maybe get some talents and we can do some, you know, uh, R&D outside of our our corporations, we get some return on investment, you know, however you want, you, you actually leverage this kind of innovation vehicle. Um, but then corporates also learned, if I invest in a minority stake, with a minority stake into a startup, I obviously will not put my assets into a startup because I have a minority stake, right? And uh, you cannot control your assets. And you obviously will not do that. And we then also learned that, that innovation labs and uh, accelerators, they didn't actually bring up unicorns. So we tried that, you know, we tried to, to build accelerators. We tried to build up innovation labs. But if you don't leverage the assets out of your core org organization as a very fundamental, and if you don't incentivize the people you work with with the right with the right incentive scheme, then you don't end up with the uh, powerful innovations and business models. So there's no unicorn out of accelerators and innovation labs. It's a good HR tool. It's a good cultural tool. Um, it's a good trend radar uh, in many ways, but it's it's not what we actually need. And now, in the last years, what actually happened is that we have gone through and consumer internet into more an industrial internet. Uh, and here's where many, many corporates are very, very, very strong. Uh, because in the consumer internet, you could build a Zalando or you could build a Spotify uh, outside of a core organization and you didn't have a lot of dependencies with the, with the industry. But if you now want to innovate within an healthcare industry or an energy industry, you actually need some kind of, you know, data or solar parks or crit link. And here the corporates have a very strong advantage. And that's why the relevance in the last years, because of the importance of innovation in that areas, uh, is now gaining a lot of traction. Excellent. Okay, so it, it's, it comes down to certain areas that we're seeing it. So that, that leads me nicely to my next kind of question. Is, is there certain industries that you're seeing CVB gaining the most traction? And why do you think that is? So the reason is that 
the topic of sustainability and climate change yeah, is not only a buzzword anymore. It is something where we really see we need to we need in, we need innovation in this area, and many many industry players are here having a responsibility. Yeah, so again, it's manufacturing, logistics, mobility, construction, um, utility companies. They can contribute here. And those are those are exactly the areas where we see that CBB is picking up. The other area is healthcare uh, and medtech companies, pharma companies. And here, COVID nineteen uh, was a real cat- catalyst uh, to implement the innovation vehicle CBB in that industries as well. Excellent. Okay, so when we're looking at these industries, and as we said, there's this kind of innovation funnel that's happening and really expanding over the past year or so that's really kind of brought it to the forefront. So walk me through some of the traditional routes before this, and is CVB poised to displace them? That's a very good question and a very relevant one. The The answer is, I really believe it's not about to displace or substitute another innovation vehicle. Uh, so let's quickly define innovation vehicles. Uh, so it could be accelerator, innovation lab, could be M&A, could be corporate venture capital. All of them, I think they are here to stay. And I believe that CBB is, is totally complementary to all of them. And the difference of CBB is now that you actually leverage all of the existing tools you have, but you really, from a board level, you really make a decision on what are the strategically important business models where I can contribute with my assets in so in the in the society. And then, if I see okay, there's a certain area. Let's let's use an example. Uh, with a big utility company, we have built Solitic. And, this, and the, the company we have done this is Vattenfall. It's a Swedish, one of the largest utility players in Europe. We've built Solitic. This is a, this is now one of the fastest growing solar software platforms in the whole world. And we have been able to build this in the period of energy transition because Vattenfall had certain assets, solar parks and domain knowledge where we could test this kind of software stack very, very early on. And the trust Vattenfall had led to the fact that other players in the market jumped on this uh, on this business model. And then other utilities even invested into this business model. And in order to grow this very fast, uh, we actually bought and integrated other companies. And just because of this reason, um, we are now in more than 60 countries in less than three years. And so you leverage the tool of buy, build, partner, and invest at the same time. And the same way as we as we entrepreneurs build new companies, it is not only that we build companies by building all the time. Huh? So it's, it's, it's actually corporate venture building, but corporate venture building does not only mean corporate venture building. It means that you build. And if you see that you have other players in the market that can contribute you then obviously try to partner or you invest or you integrate them into your business model to grow faster. And based on this, we have built, you know, Deliver Hero and other such like uh, companies uh, in the past decades, uh, only, only because of this kind of leveraging all of the in- innovation vehicles at the same time. And CVB acts as the 
innovation vehicle that combines all of that. Uh, it's like an orchestra. Uh, it is, and, and this makes it very efficient, capital efficient and reducing the risk from the very, very beginning because you really understand what you do. Mm-hmm. That, that unity element is, uh, is extremely important and understanding all of this has been has been really fascinating to kind of delve into with how CVB is kind of going to run alongside and also be beneficial to the industry. And, and I wanted to finish off here with with kind of one last question. Obviously, with everything going on, the pandemic's still happening, um, and we're not out of the woods yet. So it's important to ask, what does COVID mean for you know corporates, innovation, and and CVB in general? Are you going to see an effect, or is this something that can weather the storm quite nicely? I'm 100% con- convinced that CVB and innovation is, uh, is, the, is, the, is the key element to innovate us out of the crisis. COVID is here, is here, is here to stay. Uh, um, whatever vaccination we have, it's, it's going to probably stay, if you like it or not, in the next couple of years, dictates. Uh, and innovation will help us to be more efficient, to leverage the data we have, um, to cope with all the situations we are, we are currently confronted with. And CVB is, is something where corporates can really contribute in this situation. And what we need to understand is that obviously a startup in the outside is not the player that has the access and trust in the healthcare system or in the energy system to innovate in that system, in that speed that we actually need. So we really see the responsibility of those companies to leverage those kind of innovation vehicle to contribute in that situation. So to answer your question, COVID-19 is an extreme catalyst for this uh, for this innovation vehicle. Mm-hmm. That, the innovation element is so important. We've seen it over the past kind of six months, how quickly people have responded in businesses, corporate organizations in order to get things to market and really deal with the situation through through innovation so it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next six to eight months as well felix all i can say is thank you for coming on today's show it's been fascinating learning about this uh before you go would you mind just letting people know where they can find more information and also if they want to find out more about yourself and your book sure you can find more information on finalslane.com as well as on joinfightback.com we have written a book um it's called fight back and fight back now where we are describing the whole methodology and also the examples on how corporate venture building can be seen as a showcase of companies like Ping An, of companies like Allianz, of companies like Gocharya or Balois that have all implemented uh, this already. And uh, all of the books are available globally on Amazon. Perfect. Well, once again, Felix, thank you for coming on today's show. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, who took the time to listen to this episode. We hope you took a lot away. And uh, please check out the resources that uh, Felix just mentioned there. We'll make sure we include some links in the description down below. We'll be back next week with another episode in our Ask the Experts series. Until then, please join the conversation at Ian360 on Twitter and LinkedIn. We hope you have a fantastic week. And for more great daily content, please head on over to em360tech.com. Mm-hmm.